welcome to the next in our Premier Fitness podcast series. I'm delighted to have with me a very dear friend, Mr. Ollie Bell, who is the Client Services Director for Simspa. Welcome, Ollie. It's really great to have you on here with me. Hi, Susie. Really good to be here. Thanks ever so much. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure. Um, and just for the purposes for our listeners, I guess the reason why I thought it'd be a great idea for us to get together is I speak to uh, lots of our Premier Global NASM graduates and there's a themed question that I get from most of them that is around Simspur and I just thought bear in mind we know each other I thought it'd be a great opportunity for you to come on with me for you to give me a bit of an update with regards to Simspur and just to have a general chit chat plus the fact I know you guys are really working hard behind the scenes and on the front scenes looking to really raise the standards so it'd be a great opportunity for you to uh Hopefully give us a bit of an update if that's okay with you. Yeah, amazing. Uh, looking forward to it. This is, you said it's kind of live and very rarely do you need to re-edit or anything. And this is no doubt going to be the time that the delivery man comes and there's stuff going on in the background and you've got Absolutely. to negotiate on working from home thing. So yep. fingers crossed we make it through. But thanks ever so much for having me on. So yeah, I'm Ollie, Ollie Bell, Client Services Director at Simsbur. I've been in post for over a year now, probably getting close to 18 months. Um, started off in life really passionate about sport, um, was a junior gymnast on the fringe of the British squad, um, beat, beat Lewis Smith once, which is still my claim to fame. It all went downhill from 11 years old. And yeah, that didn't mean I was a tired every day, Susie, as you know, uh, I was 11. Um, but uh, really, really passionate about sport, got into coaching, um, hung up the leotard, played some other sports um, and decided I either wanted to teach PE or become a coach and went on to Brighton University where I graduated in coaching sciences and then fell into this pit that I think a lot of people do and, and traditionally have done, which is you come out of university, um, you've got this great graduation ceremony and you're looking for that next opportunity where you can take all of the skills and experience that you've built over the last three years and finally put it to something that reflects your value, a job or an organisation that reflects your value that you can bring. And I got offered a pair of shorts and a polo shirt and told to do the job that I'd done every summer and before I'd spent all of that money on a university degree. So that was really tough. Um, and I kind of looked around that business at the time and I was seeing people that I'd left behind when I went away to university that were in managerial positions and and, yeah. and paid more and all, all of the other stuff that comes along with seniority in a business. And that was really tough. And um, I did put on the shorts and the polo shirt. And I did get back to work, but I left the sector because um, I was fortunate enough to have a dad that worked in other industries and ended up doing some work for him. But really pleased that at, at, finally I made my way back into the sector and worked with a great company um, who recognised the value that I could bring and, and immediately got into training provision and learned a lot about business and commercial. And um, yeah, as I say, 18 months ago, joined Simsper to do one of many things. One, the, the whole kind of manifesto built around Simsper and what it's designed to do is to professionalise the sector so that people that are in the same position as I was when they come out of university um, can reference the skills and expertise that they've got because the program that they studied on maps to a job. And then I'm determined as work ready as an individual, as a candidate for a business. So there are jobs waiting in line for you that will reflect the value that you can bring to an organization. Yeah, absolutely. That, that sounds really, really, really amazing. And your story of kind of going to university and then sort of not not being in the position that you thought you're going to be in is, is really, 
quite a common one. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, actually, a bit kind of off piece, but we sort of came into the sector around the same time officially. What is it? What? Why? Why do you think we just love it so much? What is it about this sector that is just really has almost like a contagious sort of um, feeling about it that you want to just be in it and amongst it and you know really helping and supporting? What do you What do you think it is? Really, really good question. I think I think for me coming from playing lots of sports and in teams and loving competition for me personally it's it's the the only industry that I've kind of found that that gives you those same kind of wins and intrinsic motivation to want to succeed I don't know there's something about this sector that's very very addictive um in in such a good way and shooting forward to now um it's a really tough time for everyone let's not ignore that there's a global pandemic going on and businesses and individuals are, are strained harder than ever however uh, on on the other side of that you've got people that I would never have anticipated wanting to make way or or having eyes on this sector um really really looking at it and prioritizing it and and certain good things have come out of the pandemic as well so if you look at the message from number 10 consistently throughout the last year has been the key to unlock your front door is to go out and exercise so the only the only thing that's kind of front and center of mind at the moment outside of Kind of locking down and keeping the keeping the world safe is it's really important to get out and maintain physical fitness and well-being yeah, definitely definitely i think for me um you know we've always known that you know activity physical activity is great for you from a physical perspective but from also from a mental health and well-being perspective and i think what this year this last year has done for a lot of people is certainly for me and my personal experience it's made me really Kind of almost reevaluate just how important exercise is and whatever that exercise is you know whether it's going for a walk um or you know training for a half marathon or full marathon that you can do at some point it's really kind of brought it home to me that mm. there is a clear link between if you consistently exercise every day it really can help you from a a mental health and well-being and certainly i'm sure people will re resonate that with me as well 100 and i think in in any field in any industry i think all people want especially from their kind of working relationship or their business or their employers to feel like you're moving forward yeah. and it, you get that sense in this sector but because we're on a growth spurt and because it's trending and because um as i say there, there are eyes on this sector from other sectors cross sector and because of that you've got this this huge draw at the moment where we're able to adapt and um change the way that we do things quite easily because we're incredibly professional and talented but at the same time you've got this kind of collaboration um from different sectors so you look at wearable tech like the population now are more informed than ever before about their own health and well-being because we've got technology we've got phones that we look at all the time and, and now we've got wearable technology that gives us a really good read on our physical and mental well-being mm -hmm. and that therefore means that more people are looking at our sector and the professionals that work in this sector looking for support and guidance. But do you see what I mean? That they're arriving much more informed than perhaps they were four or five years ago. So yes. going back to the question, I think that's been one of the big changes and why it feels like we're moving forward and why perhaps so many people are looking to create some kind of career or longevity in this in this sector. Yeah, definitely. And I think what what the last year has done is I think, you know, um, it's almost kind of we were always going to evolve. But I think we've evolved a lot quicker than we would have previously done because we've had to we've had to adapt 
to the you know the the incredible challenges that we've all faced in in the in the, in the last twelve months. Ollie, before um, I ask you more about kind of what Simspa um, are up to and and what you've been doing and what you're looking to do, I really do think that we should just have a quick chat around. Um, what opportunities there are now going forward. Um, we hear in, in the news, for instance, that you know Boris is looking to donate a or to, or to give a serious amount of money towards um, the the obesity challenge because it's been linked to the fact that you know people that you know have suffered with COVID, you know, they've either sadly passed away or, or that or it's complicated issues for them. Um, what do you kind of think with regards to opportunities now going forward? I think I think it's not to labour the point. I think that there are a lot of organisations out there that are really struggling, that are very concerned yeah. about what this kind of springboard and bounce back from from a national lockdown 2.0, 3.0, whatever you call it, um, yeah. it, it, it is going to be like. However, I think if we reframe the way that we look at it, I, I think there are a huge amount. A, a great example of reframe. I went to a talk recently with. Um, a lady and she's head of brand for a company called Diageo, um, which is a, 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 for anyone that doesn't know is an alcoholic beverages company. Right. And she got given an impossible task. She said she got given the drink Bailey's to um, reframe. And she said there's two things in our industry that um, are very, very difficult to deal with. One is if you've got a drinks brand that is cheap, tick next to Bailey's. And number two, if you've got a drinks brand that is seasonal, tick next to Bailey's. So she said these were really, really difficult things that she had to deal with. And ultimately, her her <clears throat> job was to transform Bailey's into a profitable brand once again. And yep. she therefore focused on initiatives and strategies and marketing campaigns that would see Bailey's become a drink that you could have with a cocktail or in addition to a dessert and that kind of thing. And she kind of put it back on the map. And it's it's we're all in this at this point at the moment where yes, it's challenging, it's challenging across the board. However, if we reframe what we do, if we transition to online, if we think about how we can adapt our programs for technology, if we can think about um, meeting the client halfway or extending our services by doing extra training to be able to offer a more holistic approach, then actually the opportunities are vast, I think, the population, particularly of the UK, are, are far more excited now and probably far more confident because they may have spent the last six, nine months committing to some kind of physical activity or daily activity, and therefore the habit is formed. And what we might see is a population groups that we wouldn't expect to have found in the gym uh, or in a leisure centre um, arriving at the doors of those when they, when they reopen. So I think the opportunities are vast. I think also if you look at big corporate powerhouses like google why did they buy fitbit it's it, mm. yes it probably looks good on a balance sheet but at the same time what opportunities does that bring um why does the apple watch have the rings on it and why is there such a big focus on health and fitness um, why are some of the most invested in startups around the world globally um wearable technology brands that capture data points from the public. So there's there's a huge amount of drive, as I keep saying, towards the sector. And I think the opportunities are vast. I think what we need to do is remember as um, representatives of the sector and also thinking on behalf of the workforce is that we, we support the workforce to deal with all these specialist populations and different things yeah. we can see. We've got long COVID, we've got yeah wearable technology, understanding different um, populations, older populations, um, health conditions uh, so that that increased um, 
ability to be informed about your own personal health means that the role of the fitness professional tomorrow is very different to what it is today. And the expectation is a lot more than being someone to hold you accountable and write you a program and count reps when you're with them for one hour a day. But it's, it extends much more into the 23 hours um, that you're not with that person in the day as well. Absolutely, because it, it is, you're absolutely right when you say that, because it's really easy, isn't it, to be like great in front of a PT or, you know, a fitness specialist for an hour. But you're so right when you say, what are you doing the other 23 hours? And ac actually, that's when you need to really hone in on other skills, isn't it? Potentially talking about nutrition, mental health and well-being, you know, your personal life, what's going on, what's your work life home balance like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I completely agree with you there. Um, and I know because we've spoken about this, we just both feel that it's going to be a very exciting time moving forward. Uh, but we also both feel that, um, you know, it, it is still challenging for a lot of people, a lot of people out there. And as you quite rightly say, it's about offering the right support at, at, at the right time, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we're looking at what's exciting, technology is exciting data yeah. is exciting behavior change is exciting coaching is exciting um all of these kind of um elements of uh what we require from a fitness professional or a coach that kind of sit on the peripheral that are now much coming to coming much more to kind of front and center of of the role um yeah. less less so about the well not not less so but it's just as important as that technical side the psychological side yeah, definitely. And one of the questions, one of the other questions that I get asked a lot is, you know, oh, you know, is there any point in coming into the, you know, why would I want to come into the fitness sector? You know, is it is it a really good thing? And I have to be really careful because I'm, you know, a cross between Tigger and, you know, um, somebody that just gets so excited. I think, oh, no, come on, this is a great opportunity because I, I guess I'm quite a visionary person. I can see hopefully where the future is going to be and the fact that actually, you know, I think it's just it's, there's going to be so many opportunities um, and and I'm just excited for the future. But I guess trying to get that across when, like both said, when people are, you know, yeah. things challenging right now is a, is a little bit tough. But my answer is always is, gosh, yes, yes. If you're, you know, if, if you're passionate about, you know, getting fit, being fit, helping people, coaching people, then this is absolutely the right sector to be in. Yeah, and don't you stop being Tigger because I love when you get into that. <laughs> I know, but sometimes I do it. You're doing quite well today, I think. I think I am. Well. I'm really, really, really trying to keep it sort of very calm. <laughs> Very, very calm today. So um thank you for that, Ollie. So so let's talk a bit about Simspa then. So um sort of going back to sort of when we first started um working together, um what what has sort of happened sort of from 2015-ish onwards to, to sort of where we are now? Yeah, so Simspy gave a very kind of brief description but made it all about me, which I've got a tendency to do, so I'll, I'll not do that this time. In terms of Simspy, I talked about the problem that Simspy solved for me and why I'm passionate about working for this organisation. However, um, Simspa is the professional development body for the UK sport and physical activity sector, right? So they are a chartered body with a role and a commitment to supporting the professionalisation of the workforce through the development of standards, conduct, ethics and training. So there is, if you could look up Wikipedia and see Simspa, which is, I'm just going to write that down and make sure we've got a Wikipedia page in the future. Um, that is our remit. Right. So Simba's job is to professionalize a sector that in many regards and in many areas is already professional, um, but supports it by building the framework. That means that 
other groups and cross-sector partners can see it as professional as well. Um, the perception of the general public need to see our sector as professional. And the more fully formed we are and the more organised we are, the more we will see growth and the more we will see relationships with cross-sector partners um, build upon what we've got to date. So going back five years ago, I think there's a huge amount of work that Simsbury have done by working with uh, employer partners, training provider partners and strategic partners to develop new standards. So we've seen tens of standards created across various different roles in the sector. And if we split the sector down, I think what makes Simsbury different to anyone else that's tried to fill this void in the past is that the sport and physical activity sector actually hosts 510,000 employees, right? And 3 million volunteers. And that's because we're looking at a sector, right? So we're looking at ledger operations, we're not just looking at exercise and fitness, albeit an important part of these streams, but you've also got performance sport, administration, community sport and physical activity, right? So yeah. what Simsper does underpins all of that and we are the workforce representative and we will make sure that we govern and support and offer opportunities and career pathways to those who join our sector so that it becomes a career for life and not just a job for an individual. And um, by doing the hard work with all of the um, the keen partners that we have and the individuals that um, come to things like professional development committees to consult on standards and um, who uh, display the, the Simsba kite mark um, within their centres, it, it just helps perpetuate that professionalised approach and a professionalised appearance that the sector has to the public. Definitely. And and how important do you think um, it is for um, operators to really um, sort of speak and elevate and uh, about a Simsper and be the, the, you know, the whole continued professional development? Because um, it's no secret at the end of the day, you know, PT retention, um, it's probably not where we would like it to be. It's way better. It's way better than it was. But, you know, what how are you guys looking to impact that kind of going forward? Yeah, I think it's really important that, that all of the work, if we go back again five years ago to your question, five years ago, <clears throat> the work was beginning. It had already begun, but it was still very much in the early yeah. phase. Um, and by it all starts with the employers because the employers um, are able to tell the sector what jobs are available and what direction the, the, the market is taking. And therefore, um, that means that, by consulting on professional standards, Simspa then have the opportunity to work with other partnership groups such as higher education to make sure, like in my example, people are coming through and studying on degree programs that actually make you work ready for a job that exists and will pay you the moment you leave. So we don't get people either looking to leave the sector and go and work in jobs that do recognize the skills that they can bring, but actually we retain that talent within the sector. So operators and employers are absolutely vital, one, because they help us create and consult on the standards, but two, because they are the first point of entry and the first experience many individuals have. And it's not just higher education, it's also training providers like yourself, Suze. You've yeah. got people coming from other sectors or other industries that are looking to join and you are their first experience. So it's making sure that the, the standards for a personal trainer, for example, make their way into your education programs so that, again, we can forge the link between employer and training provider. Um, and the standards, we're, we're talking a lot about employers, a huge amount of our workforce is self-employed. 
and yes. there's nothing wrong with that either with the, the programs that we've got and the work that we do with um uh, employers and people that sit on our professional development committees is around what skills does someone need to be successful in a role not necessarily for an organization so mm-hmm. um, business skills marketing commercial acumen we, we're starting to see a lot more packed into the professional standards than we saw before definitely and what would you say are the main benefits of being members of simspa the main benefits for an individual yeah yeah actually yeah as an as an individual and then from not from an operator perspective so just thinking about when i talk to graduates and for anybody else that's going to be listening who may be speaking to graduates as as, as well because we like to share the love here at the end of the day you know what would be the what are the benefits at individual level and and the operator level so we're actually working behind the scenes. We've done a big, big reach out to our membership to and, and various focus groups as well to really listen to the members and then deliver from a, a benefits and, and and that kind of thing back to them what, what, what they asked for. And I think <clears throat> one of the things that's really important is that people understand that the role that they can play in the position that they are deployed in within the sector. So the role that they play today, but also a huge amount of work's gone on to build career pathways so that someone comes into a job, but they can very easily see in an occupational map. And if we weren't doing a podcast, there's a great slide of this, which I'm sure is on the Simspa website, simspa.co.uk, where you can actually see um, within a certain role, for example, we'll, we'll take personal trainer because it's an easy one, to personal trainer. Um, there might be skills that you build up and a commitment to professional development will mean that you actually start to, we, we call it a... Um, like a trivial pursuit circle and you collect these little cheeses as you go around um by building those up very quickly you can get to the point where actually you're eligible for a job at a higher level than the one that you work in at the moment Uh, and this occupational map is again one of the kind of unique changes that's uh that's, that's been developed which is you don't just have to go up in a stream you can actually jump across so it might be that a personal trainer in five years time has built some amazing coaching skills, management skills and um, psychology skills. Right. Yeah. They've learned how to run a business. They've learned how to account keep. Now, those skills at the moment aren't recognized in other segments of the sector. But by creating professional standards in this occupational map, it means that an individual can actually navigate a bit like if you imagine the the London Tube Network, you you can work out where you are, you can work out at which point you want to get to, which might unlock a new job or a new opportunity, and then what training and skills you need to build to be able to be eligible for that opportunity. And that, again, is all to retain talent and make sure that we keep all of the talented people that work in this sector together. And which is great and, and more importantly, keeping them together, but keeping them in the sector because we don't want people that are passionate about what they do to leave, do it then day. We want to try and keep them in. Um, and it is about recognizing the fact that, like you say, somebody may have transferable skills. But you know, as long as we're you know doing all we can to help them keep within the sector, that's gotta be great, right? Yes, absolutely. And when it comes to training providers, it's it's recognition and respect for the role that you play making sure that training programs map to the standards, making sure that they're high quality, uh, the endorsement of learning and CPD, so that not just for the training provider, um, but also for the learner, and they understand the role that SIMSPA plays and that when they sign up to a course, if it has that SIMSPA seal of approval, SIMSPA endorsement, then it means something. It means that they are uh, a training provider that practices safely and at a really high level of quality. 
So that's what we need to, that's, that's what we've been working on behind the scenes as well, is um, looking at new standards and then delivering those standards back to the training provider partner network to then allow them to create training programs that map to those standards so that different disciplines. So when we, talk, when we were talking earlier on about older, older adults and specialist populations, it's making sure that if we're starting to see a new want or a new desire or a new need um, in the general population that we can very quickly meet the workforce with training pro programs that are going to upskill them and equip them to work with those population types. So that's how it comes across to training providers and employers. Like I said, employers are at the start of the were at the start of the journey and continue to be um, with us on the journey because they feed into and shape the professional standards. So the standards don't get created and just sit there. We continually go back to consultation, redevelop and re-release. It all sounds really interesting and very exciting. And it'll be great when you know, we can finally um, get to see all of the all of the stuff that you are working on um with, without kind of putting you any further on this on the on, on the spot i've kind of asked most of the stuff that i think is relevant to um what i do within my arena and what might be of interest to anybody else that is listening is there anything else that you would like to share with us that you were able to share with us or just to kind of finish on no, there's some really cool stuff coming around the corner. Um, like I said, I think uh, the, the spotlight is on our sector at the moment and, and it's an exciting time. So anyone that's considering coming into this sector, it, it, I can assure you it's a good move and it's an exciting place to be. And you'll be in the company of very good and very talented people. Um, alongside that, going back to Simspa, I think one of the things that we've not mentioned that we probably should is the, the C in Simspa, which is chartered. So the role of a personal trainer and the standards for deployment around a personal trainer will evolve and um, the chartered activity professional is a role that will allow someone who is perhaps a seasoned or elite professional to actually be recognized and display that to clients and the public and to employers so the development of chartered is basically the highest level of recognition that you can receive so if you think about other sectors chartered accountants um chartered legal practitioners i might have just made that one up but there's loads there's a lot of chartered bodies um and it is that um it's that badge of quality and i think that will make a huge difference going forward so the general public can see the difference between perhaps someone that's got great ambitions and is doing a great job but is in their first week in the sector how do you differentiate between uh, working with that type of trainer and working with someone that's a, a 15 year veteran perhaps and chartered one way to do that so what we're going to start seeing coming very soon is is various different chartered roles that people can apply for and um upon successful verification from simsburg you will then be able to display that level of professionalism that you have and what we hope is that that will help to respect recognition of the individual um but also again pushing that kind of career pathway piece Will allow them to move up and across into various roles within the sector because of that status that they've achieved but that would be it from me susie i think um with this, there's been a the sector's done amazingly well to adapt during um yeah. the pandemic and i mean you guys how how have how have you guys turned things around in terms of the, like working remotely gyms being closed what what's what's it been like for you yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I think for us, um, as, as as you will know, we uh, we kind of transitioned over to a, dig a digital environment about two and a half years ago. 
Um, so for us, uh, last March um, was naturally a challenging month because that was kind of the first month where we were a bit like, oh, well, OK, this is really new. What's going to happen here? Um, but everybody um, has adapted very well to working at home. <clears throat> um, we've been able to continue uh, with business as usual um, because of our online digital delivery. So and we have found that because people have had time on their hands, a lot of people have been furloughed. They've chosen to do studying. People, you know, historically have thought, oh, at some point I'm, I'm going to train to become a PT because, you know, I love going to the gym and I love fitness. I want to help somebody. And for a lot of people, it's just made me think, gosh, now's the time for me to get on and do it. So so we've, you know, we've actually managed to, to, to actually, you know, really cope very well. The staff have been amazing. The team have been amazing. Um, so, you know, for us, it's, for us, we felt more about how can we support the sector? You know, what can we do to kind of keep PTs that may have been furloughed, keep them engaged with free con content, um, offer any advice, et cetera, et cetera. So similar to yourself, just in terms of recognising the fact that, you know, it, it has been challenging for many, many uh, people. But fingers crossed, this is the last lockdown now. Um, I think we are... I think if we if we have another lockdown, I think it'll be um, you know it really might go down for red at all. But I think with the uh, with the uh, cases coming down, the vaccinations obviously working very very well. We're really excited now for this year, and we firmly believe there's going to be a real boom in the industry. We think it might take a while just to kind of work its way through because I think operators are at a point where they've had you know staff on furlough and, and there's a lot to organise, isn't there, in quite a short space space of time. Um, yeah. But we are very excited about this year, and and, and kind of to, you know to see what happens. Yeah, I, I yeah I completely agree. It's great to hear, and I think content and support has been key. And I think anyone that works closely with Simsbill will know about the Retrain Fund, which was um, over a million pounds worth of funding that we were able to give back to support people through the tough periods. Um, yep. Was it enough? Maybe not. Did it do something? We hope. We hope so. Um, so being able to cross chain and multi-skill and upskill people in the downtime that we had as a result of COVID um, has hopefully provided some some support. But going forward, things like delivering online and new forms of guidance, we, we have to continue adapt. And going back to that Diageo scenario that I gave, we reframe the problem, innovate, think about different solutions that allow you to keep moving forward. Um, that's where we need to need to really focus but it's it it will be exciting if if it goes the way that um i think it could do and if we yeah. can stay in this kind of positive upward spike on the graph now and it's it's each time we hit a milestone it's good news because we've done things well and our vaccination route's going well then 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 hopefully it will um hopefully it'll be a positive positive time definitely yeah so we already just i think what has been really quite amazing just thinking about it actually is is that because we've been kind of forced into this situation where we're kind of working from home, what has been lovely is the fact that we've been on Zoom meetings, team meetings, and we have had the dogs flying across the laptop, the cats meowing, the kids come running in, you know, saying they want to go to the toilet and things like that. And I think what that has done is that's is, is that's kind of humanised us a bit. Um, and I think whereas before, maybe if, if, if PTs or fitness professionals were kind of doubting their ability to be able to take stuff online, you know, what has been really endearing to me is the people that have just had the confidence to think, do you know what, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing in terms of my chosen subject matter. So therefore, I'm going to give this a go. And I think that has there's been a real 
um, synergy between the fact that we, we're doing stuff at home now. It's not quite perfect and we do have background noise. Um, and I've been really touched by some of the stories that I've listened to where people have said to me, Susie, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to continue um, delivering sessions to my clients and to be able to pass on their knowledge and and what has happened for those people is is they have you know really done very very well throughout this entire period because we've been more accepting of things not being quite perfect if that makes yeah. sense yeah absolutely listening to things that's important in terms of the actual advice not worrying about whether or not someone is dressed correctly or sound <laughs> you know good or whatever the lighting is right or whatever you know more forgiving <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. Well, ollie it's been amazing to speak to you one thing how do people find out a bit more about you guys please best way to find us on the website so it's www.simspa.co.uk if you're on facebook we've got a great support channel and if you work in the sector great support channel called stronger together um feel free to join that group there's uh, thousands of people in there um lots of offers of support uh, again throughout the pandemic period that will continue so um they're probably the best two places to stay up to date with news and information well thank you very much and similarly if anybody wants to find out more about what we do in the courses we offer more information can be found on www.premierglobal.co.uk or reach out to me personally. Uh, my email address is susie.bruff at premierglobal.co.uk. Oles, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, I could sit and talk to you for hours. Um, maybe we'll do this again. Yeah, I'll call you tonight and we'll carry on. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you.